glorious service here in Chicago, and I want to share it with you. Thank you first for being my wonderful partner. I really mean that with all my heart. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for standing with me in these amazing days we are living in. The word of God tonight was just like a sword, it was powerful. And I pray the Lord will really minister to you his word today in a beautiful way. And yes, at the, at the end, I prayed for the sick for a short time tonight. Uh, Friday is the main healing service, but be blessed today. And I pray this will really encourage you and strengthen you in Jesus. Let's watch. The very next speaker is a very, very powerful, I believe, is a man of God. There are nine spiritual gifts that Apostle Paul talks about. And if we earnestly covet them, they come upon us. Pastor Hen works in the dimension of the gift of faith. We all have faith, but then there's a gift of faith. Then there's the gift of prophecy, speaking things over people, and they come to pass. Then there's the gift of miracles, just, just the gift of miracles that comes upon one that covets earnestly the best gift and the gift of healing. All of those, I believe, will be manifested here in his life. Praying man, man that's been on television, been in auditoriums such as Madison Square Garden and filled it to capacity in United Center and the list goes on. Even face to face, one of the very few people I know on the earth that had a billion people in India that he preached to miles everywhere, live. God has been with him. He's a good man. I've been with him, traveled with him. I introduce to you a great man of God. Let us all stand and clap our hands and give honor to Benny Hinn. So kind. And Pastor Steve, it's wonderful being with you. Please be seated. Thank you so much. God's wonderful people. I'm so glad to be with you tonight. It's been a while. And uh, Pastor Steve, I told him when I came, he has not aged a day. <laughs> he, looks, he looks awesome. And I'm glad you all came tonight. Listen, tonight the Lord is going to do something very special in all of our hearts. Because we are living in amazing days. And in just a moment... I'll be, I'll be ministering the word. But just for now, I think Greg is there. Can we all stand for just a few moments, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Your amazing love. And Lord, I pray tonight you'll bless your people who have come to hear your blessed word, to feel your wonderful touch on their hearts. And those in need of a healing touch, I pray you'll bless them today with a miracle. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're so wonderful, so gracious, so loving. 
and we vow this night, we promise we will give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Thank you, wonderful Jesus. All right, so Hebrews 11, beginning verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Marvelous. Let's go to verse 13 now, Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. There is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to, call, to, to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Now, the only way to become mature in the Lord as Christians and strong believers, we have to begin living for the next life in this life. I'm going to say it again. If you want to be a strong Christian, you have to begin living for the next life in this life. Don't wait till you get there. You start living now for the next life in this life. Catherine Kuhlman used, used to always say, don't get to heaven and find out how much you missed on earth. Many will get to heaven and discover they've missed a lot on the earth. So here's Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, as the Bible tells us, beginning at verse 8, how by faith he went into a place he did not know where he was going. But it says he looked for a city in verse 10, which means he had a heavenly vision. He wasn't really looking for an earthly land as much as he did receive it as a promise, but his real vision was heavenly. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. And the Bible says, now, had they had opportunity, they would have gone back to where they came from. Ur, Aaron. They could have gone back to their old home, old country. But they looked for a better country, a heavenly country. That's why God is not ashamed to be called their God. So, we are strangers on this earth. What are you? 
Now, I want you to say something. Maybe you've never said this before, but I think it'll do you good. Say, I am not an American citizen. I am a heavenly citizen. Now, you see, now you're an American because you need a passport to travel. So, frankly, your body is American. Your spirit is not. Your spirit is heavenly. The real you, heavenly. So now, it's time to live that life here. But how do we do that? Well, the way we do that is we have to dismantle ourselves from earthly matters. The problem is to, uh, so many people will not do that. Paul said to Timothy, no soldier of Jesus Christ should be entangled in the affairs of this life. No soldier, no real soldier of the Lord should be entangled in the affairs of this life. It was very troubling for me anyways when I began hearing Christians becoming very political to where in some cases, let me be blunt, you may never want to hear me again, but I love you, uh, Trump became the savior. And they focus more on some man from New York. I don't know him. I don't care to know him. All I want to know is the Lord. But when people become so involved in politics and they get so entangled in that, it weakens their Christian walk. It, 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 it really affects their vision spiritually because they become too involved in affairs here. Here, you see? We are commanded, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, not promote himself. Let him deny himself and pick up the cross and follow me. Now, many people don't really know, how do I live that life? Would you like to know? I'm going to tell you anyways. You have to embrace the cross. To embrace the cross means three things because I'm telling you how to get ready for heaven. You have to be dismantled from this life. And it cannot happen in one day. It's not going to happen in one day, okay? So first, first, you embrace the cross. To embrace the cross means, number one, you embrace the shame of the cross. What is the shame of the cross? Persecution. When the Lord carried his cross, they mocked him. They spit on him. That's the shame of the cross. When people accept persecution, like 300 million people on earth now are living under persecution who are believers, and they rejoice. They rejoice by, by the persecution they're living in. They have embraced the shame of the cross because they're being persecuted. They're mocked, mistreated as no citizens of all at all, not even second class, they're way below second. They are, they, they are completely ignored in their, in their countries, yet they rejoice. Number two, we have to embrace the weakness of the cross. What does that mean? You better be listening now. 
One word can change your life or keep you the way you are if, you have, if you're not listening. You embrace the weakness of the, of the cross because it says how Jesus died in weakness, meaning he trusted in his heavenly Father, not his own strength. You come to the end of yourself, to the end of your resources, to the end of what is in you, and you trust him completely. Total dependence on the Lord. Total dependence means you are free from that independent spirit where you think you can do it by yourself. Look, you can't even pray right without the Lord. You can't even say Jesus is Lord without his help. All right? So we have to embrace the weakness of the cross, meaning, Lord, I cannot do it. I have nothing in me that I can even rely on. I don't even trust my, my own heart. Number three, the death of the cross, meaning you have to be ready if it means death with joy. You know why Billy Graham was such a mighty man? His wife's greatest dream was to be a martyr. I did not know that. But that's history. Now it's coming out. Ruth Graham wanted to be a missionary in, for China, and her greatest desire was to be a martyr. So to be that, to, be, uh, to have that in you, imagine the influence she had on Billy. Ralph Wilkerson, a dear man of God and a friend of mine years ago, gave me a gift that belonged to Catherine Kuhlman. It was her copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs. How many have heard of the book? How many have not? How many have not? Read it. It's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. I've read that book three times in the last two years. It's changed my life. I read it one time when I was young, but I didn't even remember much of it. It will show you the cost of the gospel. So I received that beautiful old copy from Ralph, and I opened it, and here in her handwriting she said, she wrote, grant me the privilege to be one of them. That's Catherine Kuhlman. Grant me the privilege to be one of them. I said to Ralph, that's why God used her. She was willing to die. Willing to die. And that's what will happen to all of us when the Word of God is really within our hearts. And I mean hearts, not minds. So now, the Bible says very, very clearly, you are a stranger. So begin to see yourself as that. First Peter 1, let's go. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 1, Peter writes, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers, strangers scattered throughout Pontus and Galatia and so forth. So you and I are not only strangers, but we are living on a planet that's about to uh, be destroyed by fire. And I mean what it says in Scripture. Let's go to Psalm 102. Let's look at verse 25, 26. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. 
yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. So the Bible tells us very, very clearly that this world as we know it is going to perish. So why be so involved in it? This world is about to come to an end. Now, those that endure, let's go to 1 John 2.17. 1 John 2.17. If you want to really endure, here's what you should do. It says, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So the world is going to blow up. It's going to burn up. But he that doeth the will of God will abide forever. So to do the will of God means first get to know his mind, to know what he says so you can obey it. And you all know 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I won't keep you here all night, I promise you. But I got to give you all these beautiful scriptures to remember. And it says in, in verse 31, And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away, my mind. So, this puts uh, humanity into two classes. Those who want to live to fulfill their own desires in this world, and those who live to fulfill God's will. In this, in this world. And the Lord is very, very, very clear that those who want to fulfill their own desires are going to be destroyed. Those who will fulfill God's plan will be blessed, gloriously blessed. And this is all found in 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10, where it says very, very clearly that when we do what God wants us to do, everything will be well. So, uh, how should this affect us when we know from the Word and by what is going on around you? You don't have to look too far to know it's going to be a big mess in the future. Some war will erupt somewhere and make it even more difficult to even exist. But what do we do as Christians to prepare for the next world? Number one, holiness. So let's go. Let's go to Second Peter Second Peter chapter 3 gives us the answer of what do we do now? What do we do to prepare for the coming destruction coming on the world? It says, seeing then, I'm reading Second Peter 3, 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? What a question, huh? Seeing that these things, this whole earth will be dissolved, what kind of person should you be? He says what? In all holy conduct and godliness. So first of all, you need to clean up your life. Because it says holiness, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, I, I don't have a whole lot of time but I'm going to tell you something really, really quick. Do not read the Bible anymore by reading chapters. Read thoughts. That's good. That's good. 
read thoughts. Because when you read a thought and you stop, you're able to go back and go through it. So let's say you read the, let's say, let's take one, one of the books, the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1. One thought is from chapter 1 to 11. Now, most Christians can do that, so break it down into two, from 1 to 5. That's really one thought. Then you go and meditate. The Bible has a lot to say about meditation, okay? So how do you do that? Well, like the cow that chews the cud, you go back and in your mind, it all begins in the mind first, you just go through every bit of information you just read in that thought. Make it simple, huh? Eventually, that thought, its nutrients will get into your heart. It only happens as you begin to think and think and think again about what you've read. And now that thinking becomes spiritual meditation, not mental meditation. Because you begin to receive, you begin to enjoy God's blessed word. And the Bible is very powerful. Why? It connects with you. That's why you read it over and over, and it's never, it never gets old. So you can read a book, a book, any book, anybody written, say one of the best books out there. You can only read that thing once or twice, then you're, you, you are done with it. But the Bible, it's a life. You cannot stop reading the Bible. Why? Because it's the Word of God. And because it's the Word, it pulls you right in. No book has that power, only the Word of God. Pulls you right in. And then every beautiful truth becomes life to you. As you do that over and over and over, your life will slowly change and your sin will be what? Gone. Because it says, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And a great verse, let's go quickly to Psalm 119. Quick, quick, quick. Psalm 119. I'm going to show you the power of Scripture, how the Bible will do two things for you. It will birth prayer and clean you up from sin. So when you read the Word and meditate upon it, don't just read it. Don't rush through it. Take your time. So now you, you look at this amazing, beautiful psalm. I'm using an iPad now because my eyes are not what they used to be, you know, with age, I mean. <clears throat> Anyways, so you go to verse, verse 1 of Psalm 119. It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. There we go. So when you walk in the law, you'll, you'll become undefiled. It says, blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that's his word, and seek him with the whole heart, meaning that God's word has power to what? Birth fellowship. You can't pray without the Bible in you. It's impossible. All you'll be doing is repeating yourself. But when the Word is in you, real prayer is born. And then watch verse 3. They also do no iniquity. See that? When you read the Word, sin is broken. It's gone. You'll, you'll never go back repeating the old stuff again. All right? So that's how you, how you become holy. Number two. Number two... I just gave you number one, to be holy. Number two is 2 Peter 3, again, and verse 12. There's a lot in that verse, believe me. All right? So, 
Now he says, after he says what he said in the previous verse 11, that seeing all these things now be holy, verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So the second thing that happens to you is you start looking. What are you looking for? The coming of the Lord. Very few people today are looking for the coming of the Lord. So it says looking and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. So when we, when we receive the word of God and our life changes, we become clean and holy, the next thing that's going to happen in us is a cry will come out of our being, come Lord Jesus. It will be normal, natural within you. The spirit and the bride say come, not the spirit and the carnal Christian. The spirit and the bride say come. Those who cry for the coming of the Lord are showing they're on the way. I mean on the way to the next life. So you live for the next life, in this life, by being holy. By looking for the coming of the Lord. Everything in you is crying, come Lord Jesus. Everything in you. Why? Because you come to the place in your life, you abhor the things of the world. You even hate the very garments touched by the flesh. You can't even look at things that are filthy by nature, whether billboards, postcards, magazines, uh, anything on the internet, you just don't want to look. And you have the power now to say, no. I won't go there. No, I won't do it. Today, young people are committing suicide because they can't compete with anybody on Instagram. Because they have more followers than they, they die. They commit. How sad. That, the, that, the, that social media now has taken hold of people's minds in such a way. It's deadly. The Word of God will fix all that up. Now look, even, even if there's someone here who's already had done all this stuff in the world and you're all messed up in your head, the Bible will clean you up in no time. I promise you, the Bible will clean you up in no time. And anyone listening, I'm going to get raw, Anyone listening to me bound to any pornography, the Bible will get you clean. You have to give God the time to do it. I hear today even preachers are in that stuff. No, no, no. That's not the life of a Christian. Never. Never. It says fornication, not even named among you as you become saints. Not even, not even talk about it. But people don't have the power to say no to that stuff. Why? There's no Bible in there. There's no word in there. Prayer without the word is going nowhere. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If I came to your house and gave you a new car, you probably dancing and shouting, whatever, and I give you a key to a new car, that car is no good without gasoline. What is the gasoline? The Bible. God gave us a gift better than a car. It's called life eternal. And gave us the key for life eternal. But he's not going to give you the gas. He says, go get it. 
What did God say to Israel? He said, I'm going to send manna, but go find it. I'm not going to send it to your, to, inside your tent. God said, I'm going to send the manna on the grounds of the desert. Now get out of your tent and go find it. Now think about this, ladies. Three million people in that one, one, one place. How long it took to even go find it? A long time. In the heat, too. God will not, forgive me, put the word in your mouth. You have to go and find it. He, he, he already gave you the gift of life. He gave you the, the key. But he says, go get the gasoline. If you're not going to get the gasoline, no good. And the key that works is called prayer. So you need three things, the car, the gas, and the ignition. You can have the car and the gas, you're still going nowhere till you do, you turn that thing on, get the gas going. That's prayer. How simple is that? You want to get to heaven? You already got the car. Get the gas now and ignite it with prayer. You'll be on your way. Okay? Simple. Maybe you won't remember everything I said. You'll remember this one about the car, right? Say, I'll get the gasoline. Tomorrow morning. And then that beautiful word ignites prayer, ignites fellowship. Don't even pray till you read the Bible because God will soften the grounds of your heart. He'll plow the land by his word. And then the real prayer comes out, not something from your head. The real prayer comes out from your heart. You cry out. It's beautiful. And the tears will flow. And the joy and peace will come. And you'll walk out thinking you have. Look, you'll walk out of that room completely transformed. Peace that passeth all understanding. Then you don't care about the news. You don't care about the world. You don't care about anything going on out there. You'll say, peace, I don't want to lose it. Uh, 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 I don't want to hear it. See the beautiful word. Great peace have they that love your law. Well, I'm getting through to you. Almost done. And finally, it should affect your life in a way well, you're not going to wait for zero hour, you know. Because he says in this wonderful portion, and hasting unto. Hasting means don't be passive. Preach the gospel. Talk about Jesus. Begin to witness. Tell someone about the Lord. Minister to someone out there. And that will get you ready for heaven. Now, my message is much longer, but I don't want to go beyond my time. I give you enough to just whet your appetite. But I think I've said enough to really get you on the way anyways. All right? Now, listen, listen. We're almost there. We're almost there. Why blow it now? I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. You know the old song? I want to hear it. Not too high, please. Just play it nice and good key there. You see, the thing is, 
this life, it's too short. Eventually, you're going to be in a funeral of somebody. People think about life eternal only when someone dies. Then they are quiet enough to think. Don't wait till someone dies. And frankly, believers don't die. Listen, listen. Stop playing a second. Stop, stop playing a second. They are not dead. Okay? All that really goes is the earth suit. They just walk out of the suit. Don't cry over an old suit. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they're with the Lord. All right? I have decided to follow Jesus. Come on, saints. I have decided. Lift your hands and tell him. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, yet I will follow. Stand up and tell him. Though none go with me, Yet I will follow, though none go with me, yet I will follow. Lift your hands. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. Sing it. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. You know, when someone comes and says, well, like this guy, you know, keep playing something, but just let God lead you. This guy, so-called worship leader, I heard a few months ago, walked away from the faith. <laughs> he was never in it. Because how can you really walk away from the Lord when you come face to face with Him? Impossible. You have to understand, these people who are walking away from the faith, uh-uh, not me, not you. Because we say, we say to the Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of life, Lord. Lift your hands and say, to whom shall I go? You have the words of life. Now let me pray over you. Lift your hands to heaven. Just gently for your glorious and worthy to be praised. One more time, glory to the Lamb, please. Lord, I pray for your sweet people. And Lord, I pray, keep them as the apple of the eye. Hide them under the shadow of your wings. You're able to keep us from falling. You're able to present us before your throne without blame. To you be the glory. Thank you, Lord. We trust you completely with our souls. We give you all the praise. Amen.
please be seated. Now, I'm going to let you go in a few minutes. Thank you there, uh, Greg. And Abraham believed in God, and God declared him righteous. Today, a lot of people believe that, that, not in, but in that. Here's what I, what I mean. Well, I believe Jesus came, all right, so does the devil. I believe that he died on the cross, so does the devil. I believe that he shed his blood, so does the devil. I believe that he rose again, so does the enemy. I believe that he's coming again, so does the devil. To believe that does not change your life. You have to believe in. Now, here's the difference. If I should say to you right now, how many of you believe that I exist? You'll all put your hands up because you can see me, right? But if I say, how many believe in me? Some of you who are nice will say yes. You can't believe in me. Why? Because to believe in someone, give them your soul to keep. So you cannot say, I believe in you, Benny Hinn, because you'll have to give me your soul. You won't do that. You can't do that. And frankly, I don't want it. To believe in someone, make it a little simpler. To believe in someone means give them your money to keep in the bank. Now, no way. So, believing in God is what changed Abraham. Not that, 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 that. A lot of people believe about, but not in. So, start believing in. Trust Him completely with your soul. And the people said... Now, I'm, I'm going to take a second offering now, and I'm going to pray that the Lord will, will seal your life Amen. with his presence, okay? And I will, I'll pray for the sick for just a few minutes. We'll be, we'll be gone by 8 p.m. We have less than 15 minutes. But listen, you need to secure your future also financially. So I just showed you how to secure your future spiritually and eternity. Now, what do I do to protect myself financially from the coming disaster that we can all see is coming? Because it is coming. Wait, wait, darling, wait. I'm not ready yet. Let me just talk to him, okay? Because we have to realize that the Bible clearly states this world will see a collapse of some sort financially. No, no, you cannot trust uh, people who say, uh, uh, fill your, your, your garage or basement with food so when the day comes you'll have food. No, no, because your neighbors will come and steal it. We're, we're, our trust is not in ourselves or our ability or I'm going to invest my money so I don't lose it. If you're not walking with God, you will lose it. Here's the promise. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Our trust is in the Lord. Our trust is in His Word. I have been in ministry. It'll be 48 years this December. 
saved over 50 years, and I can tell you, I have had to learn the hard way that giving really works to protect your future. It was my father-in-law, Roy Harden, who had to challenge me on giving because I was not a giver. When I got saved, my pastor at that time, dear David Story in Canada, came and said, why don't you tithe? I said, that's not your business. <laughs> how wrong I was, how foolish to say that to a pastor. Why aren't you giving? I said, that's between God and me. No good. Now, I'm about to get married to Suzanne, my wife. Her father says, tell me about yourself. So we talk. And then he says, how much do you give weekly to God? I said, that's between God and I. He said, listen here. I'm about to become your father-in-law. It's between God, you, and me. <laughs> and then he said, he said, I will not let my daughter marry someone who's not a giver. Boy, he challenged me massively. And I was in debt in those days because I went on TV too early. I was 24 years old when I went on TV in Canada. And dear Lord, I was in debt for 200000 in no time. And Roy began asking me questions about how much I gave and all the numbers, even details. And, I, and he said, well, how much did you give? And well, I, sometimes I give 20, sometimes I give 10, sometimes I give, and then he said, you know, he said, I've been sitting here wrecking my brain, wondering why a young man, an evangelist, with big crowds is in debt. I know why now. I said, please tell me, I want to know. He said, you are an emotional giver. And then he said, emotional giving is cursed by God. He said, you just told me that sometimes you give 20, and then you give 10, then you give 30, then you give 5. He said, that's emotional. I said, how? He, he said, how would you like for God to give you the way you've been giving him? I said, he does. Sometimes the offerings are big, and sometimes they're not. <laughs> and then he gave me a line. I changed my life. He said, Benny, the law of giving is a fixed law that you cannot change. And then he said, how long have you been saved? I'm thinking, what has, has this got to do with it? I said, well, this is not, now it was 1978. I said, well, I, I was saved in 72. He goes, 73, 74, 5, 6, 7, 8. He said, you owe God for six years. I said, what did you say? He said, go pay God all you did not pay him for six years. I said, you can't be serious. He said, the, and he, he gave me the scripture from Leviticus. If I don't give, God will penalize me. <laughs> that really was scary. I had 20,000 in the bank. That's it in our ministry, 20,000. I was challenged to give God not only what I owed him, but continually give him from here on, not because I feel good or bad, because it's the word of God. And then I said, but I'm in debt. I owe the TV station money. He said, and then he said another big, big line. He said, if you pay God's bills, he'll pay yours. And that was like, bang. Big news for me. So I went back to Canada. 
I told my secretary, who was a very old woman that could only type with one finger, she wasn't much to look at because I was too handsome and I didn't want a pretty, a pretty secretary around. So I hired a very old lady that didn't look at all. It doesn't matter. I said, Miriam, get the checkbook out. She did. I said, God spoke to me through Roy Harden that I need to start giving. And I said, okay, send, a, and I sent $1,000, 20000 to preachers in Canada that hated me. Oh, yeah, it's good. I didn't send them money because I like them. I sent them money because I was scared to death. I wanted God to bless me. I was in debt already, in trouble. And now she called my board. Nine board members show up, nine of them. I had nine board members. That was really stupid. Seven resigned. They said, we don't, we don't want to be a part of a ministry of a madman who gave away money. And they're gone. Now, that was on, on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm home. Sunday, I go, I go to church. Ten cents in my pocket. That's all I had, ten cents. Offering time comes. God says, give it. I said, Lord, you can't be serious. I just gave you $20,000. It's the last ten cents I got. Please don't let me give it. I was so convicted. I gave that ten cents. My life went with it. No gas in my car. But you know what happened that Next Monday morning, I get to the office. A man named Bill Prankard, who did not like me then, he and I today are very, very close. We love each other dear. I just talked to him three days ago. He did not like me at all. I didn't like him either. <laughs> he sent me an envelope, and here's what it says. The Lord told me to send you this, and I don't know why. <laughs> There's $1,000 in that envelope. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I can't believe this man who hates me is, is doing this. It must be real. Six months later, I was out of debt. You know, wait, wait, wait. People were sending me in the mail. And, and this is Canada, not U.S. At that time, they were real tight over there. God told me, God told me, God told me I was out of debt in six months. Listen, it's really for real. So, how many of you believe God will protect you in the future financially? Put your hands up high. All right. Keep your hands up. Lord, I believe with them. Lord, I believe every one of them in this auditorium will be protected from the coming days and the dangers that are coming with it. In the name of Jesus, not one will lack not one family will lack food, clothing, shelter, and a whole lot more. In Jesus' mighty name, say amen. amen. Well, it's time to give one more time. All right? And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you, the Lord will bless you because it says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Okay, you can come now and give them the envelopes. And Pastor, please come up. I'm going to give you the platform back. Hallelujah. I want every one of you to give something because you need to give. You need to give. This is not for us or me. This is for you. This is really crucial that you give. 
because the day will come you will be glad you gave and you continue to give in your churches to other ministries because this will protect you tremendously I'm a witness I'm a witness I can keep you here all night and share with you story after story of how God met my needs over the last 48 years in ministry and believe me I've had bigger troubles than you'll ever have but God is faithful to his word. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Abound means overflow. No lack in your homes. No lack with your, with, with your children. None. When you really give. But listen, listen. You have to give not because you feel it. That was what was wrong with me. I had to feel it. Uh-uh. You give because God said it. Because he said, it shall be given unto you when you give. Only when you give, it protects our tomorrow. Lord, bless them, speak to them, and establish them in your mighty name. I give you the praise. Amen. All right, so Pastor Steve, I want to just give you back the platform. I'd like to pray just a prayer that the Lord will heal those in need of, of healing. But maybe they can just give the offering right now. Do, we, do they pass the offering buckets? Just, 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 everybody hear this word? And you, you have probably never had the privilege like I have to listen to Pastor Hinn because we're addicted to the signs and wonders. But you've heard the word of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what you heard tonight. That was excellent. Let me tell you, sir, that was absolutely excellent. And I've been with you all over the world. I've seen you do all kinds of things. But let me tell you what we heard tonight is powerful. Go on and give, but I'm going to ask you, Pastor. Pastor, I'm going to ask you. Because he has the gift. He has the gift. He does. Now, he's nothing. He's, he's human. But he has the gift to believe that healing can take place. Yeah. He has that gift. And we have been, we're in the, we teach the tabernacle and the feast. We believe this is the time Jesus is going to come back. You see the ark? So we have really believed this. And tonight, we ask God for the double portion. We're in the double portion. And I'm asking you, sir, I'm asking you, I'm asking you in just a moment, take that offering, that a double portion will come at the same time there will be healing. Amen. Because what you did tonight, what you, what you have just done is unbelievable because tonight how many has received a powerful word? I mean, I mean, I can't explain how powerful this was. And sometimes you see Pastor here and he's got people laid out and lays hands and we always say, oh, that's, that's the demonstration. And he taught me this. He says, don't ever say that's God because we can't create images. God works in all manifestations. So this is what I want you to do. Quickly, get that offering. He's going to, just to get that offering. Now, every person, I don't know if, if I'm doing this right, but I'm going to do it with you if you don't mind. I want every person, you play, you play all our musical instruments and, and singers just stand ready and I don't know. 
But every person that needs a healing touch in your body, come here, offering, come here, offering. Did you get it in the balcony? Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Did you hear what he said? He said, he said that God, when, when he said that, I jumped to my feet when he said, God's going to take care of your future. And his testimony inspired me to get completely out of debt. You see that? And I say this, Pastor, correct me. Correct me. Jesus did not die for our money. He died for our souls. But he has created an economic within this world that we can be secure and we can have favor and we can have future and we can be blessed. Now, everybody, please, everybody, this is not a gimmick. This is not a gimmick. This is really real what he said. I want you to hold on to it. If you gave tonight and you gave under the auspices of this word, then I'm going to stand with him and you should stand with him in agreement that whatever is facing you in your future, when it comes to economics, God is going to break some things in your life. Say, I receive it. No, no, say, I receive it. Say, I receive it. You go that way. Now, Pastor, if I was to ask, who needs a healing? And I don't, I don't want to get in. Who needs a healing in your body? If you need a healing in your body, stand to your feet at this very moment. Oh, look at that. Look at that, Pastor. Jesus, 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 there is something about your name, your master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain Jesus 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 let all heaven let the earth proclaim and keep They'll all pass away, but there's something about that name. Just once, Alleluia.
those sick in body. Place your hand on that sickness. Now, Lord, wonderful Jesus, you are our healer. Your word declares he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace. With his stripes we're healed. Heal your people, Lord. And I step into my office and I rebuke sicknesses. I rebuke disease and infirmity. Let your mighty power, Lord, touch them. The same power that raised you from the dead. Heal your inheritance. Lift your hands and ask him to touch you. Give him your disease. Give him your sickness. To you, Lord, belongs all the glory. I give you the praise. Many of you are sensing God's beautiful touch on you already. Receive it now. A lady to my, to my right, you've been having chest problems, my dear, and you feel tremendous heat all over your chest. That's the power of God. There's others feeling that beautiful touch be healed in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.